Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Galleroff, Buffy the stand together an academic pop culture symposium we are the pop culture professors that's true that pop culture professor is lauren brickman and that pop culture professor is caitlin betsagai and we have somehow miraculously not only survived earning master's degrees (laughs) but then helping other people earn degrees as well it's crazy smart people dumb topics you Mm. know the drill we're here to talk about standing which is being an obsessive fan of a show a movie a musical artist Mm -hmm. really anything we say we want to stand Mm -hmm. so lauren brickman what are you standing this week well i came in today ready to stand finding my remote because embarrassingly i lost my remote in early june And didn't find it until yesterday, July 1st. However, something happened in the last hour, and now I have to do a different stand. Whoa. Um, I stand the next generation because I am, I'm teaching in a high school summer program right now. I'm teaching improv to teenagers. And today I gave them the assignment of inventing their own holiday. And I gave them 20 minutes to be in breakout groups to like invent a holiday. They had to come up with a name and then like tell us like the story, sort of like, you know, at Christmas or at Hanukkah, you sit around and you hear the story of the holiday. They're supposed to tell the story of the holiday. And a group of young pioneers, uh, of young stanners, they came back with International Frat Boy Harry Styles Day. Wow. And Caitlin, I have never been so proud because in the 20 minutes, they built a PowerPoint, which is our love language and was not part of the assignment. They just did it impromptu. And it was beautiful. It was honestly beautiful. That, I mean, two part stand, two part reaction. Number one, mm-hmm. congrats on the remote because I knew that that had Thank been you. a thing. Thank and and mm-hmm. I don't want to say I'd lost hope, but the chances of its recovery were slim. And uh, mm-hmm. that's excellent. And what a lucky couple of days because for them to build a PowerPoint about International yeah. Frat Boy Harry Styles Day, mm-hmm. you're teaching these kids, you're molding them actually. <laughs> The fact that they came back with a PowerPoint when, and I didn't even have to ask for it, I've just never been prouder of a group of humans in my entire life. That is when you have a trust in a relationship. You know, they know mm-hmm. what you need without you saying it. And your students yeah. are now those people for you in your life. Yeah, I was having a little bit of a rough day and they gave me five minutes of Harry Styles pictures. And honestly, everything looks good again. Now there can be no way for you to have a bad week, really. I don't want to hear yeah. it, no matter what co- yeah. happens to you the rest of the week. That's fair. So, Kaylin, what are you standing right now? Well, in a way, the end of the pandemic, because I did tweet on May 19th, coronavirus will be over when AMC 
charges me <laughs> for A-list without my consent once again. Mm. And yesterday, as we're orienting ourselves in time, it was July 1st. And baby, I'm back. I'm back in the A-list. Wow. I can go three movies a week, choose my seat. Uh, I- I'm excited. I have not seen a film in theaters since I saw Birds of Prey by myself at the Newport, Jersey City. So mm. uh, watch out, world. Watch out, Diet Coke, because you are about to get drank. What's fun is after you, I got your text, I then was like, well, if Caitlin's back, I have to rejoin. So I did. And there's a new feature where you can have an entourage. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. So we're on each other's A-list entourage. And that's exciting. It is. It is. It's more of a partnership than an entourage. Mm -hmm. But we're Mm -hmm. looking uh, for members. Please uh, submit. Friends of the pod, uh, Ben Farha, who was on our Smash episode, and dear friend Katie Swan, they're also in my entourage. So if you're lucky, maybe maybe they'll join your entourage as well. Oh, wow. We all have to have separate entourages. Oh, my gosh. So much pressure. I don't know. Wow. Well, wow. but the good news is Corona's over, so. <laughs> good news. Good news. Uh, but you know what else is good news? Mm-hmm. Today's guest we've, is the best. Yes. You may know him from our live stream shows or from any of the amazing pieces of art he's put out into the world. Today's guest is longtime friend of mine and friend of the pod, Rodney Brazil. Hey. How are you? Welcome. Good. Happy end of pandemic to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rodney. Been there every step of the way. So excited to be here. Yes. Now, Rodney was telling me this is his first official podcast appearance. <gasps> Ooh, that's not true. just on We Stand, but all of the podcast airwaves of all podcasts. I've done, you know, YouTube, like live streaming things. Uh, but as far as like being a guest or just talking on something that will end up on a podcasting app, this is my first one. Wow. <gasps> Excited to be your first. That's so fun. Yeah, absolutely. This is exciting. And so is our theme, which (laughs) our topic today was suggested by the guest. And folks, remember, we always say we're looking for suggestions of topics. And watch out, because we'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Today's topic is people named Patty. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Rodney, why why is this the topic that's close to your heart? So I realized recently that I accidentally stan so many people named Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty Lapone, you know, is very much at the top of the list, but also Patty Smith, uh, mm-hmm. Patricia Clarkson. Movies I love. <laughs> uh, Patty Mayo from the, the show Doug. Um, you know, just like all of these patties. Like the list could go on and on. And I would name check them all, but we have the whole show. Absolutely, we do. And I, you know, I did a little research on the name Patty. Uh, talking about only women named Patty. And there are, you know, many, many other genders named Patty. But records indicate that 60,000 girls in the United States have been named Patty since 1880. Uh, it was given the most in 1959. That was when it was at its its peak, though it seemed to be popular through the 30s, through the mid-70s. We've seen a drop-off since then, uh, but, but we have seen no drop-off in icon level of a patty. Mm. Mm. Now, you know, listeners, we always like to put you at ease and let you know what our credentials are. So, Caitlin, what makes you an expert on all things Patty? I, I think listeners, friends, and fans all have heard the tales of my Aunt Patty. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad's older sister, 
I believe she's never listened to this podcast. Some of my other aunts have. If you'd like to play her this part, go for it. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's so many patties at all levels working uh, for us. And mm-hmm. she's a, a fabulous character, drinking a whiskey and Coke, being in love with friend of the pod, Timothy Dunn. Mm-hmm. It, and correcting and collecting angel and leprechaun figurines around her home. We thank oh. the patties of Main Street USA. Amazing. Amazing. And how about um, you, Lauren? Well, I was I was back and forth on what to say here. At first, I was like, well, my dad had a coworker named Patty when I was a kid. That was gonna be my credit. And then I remembered in 2016, I auditioned for a movie called patty cakes right yeah now obviously i i did not book that film uh danielle mcdonald did but there is somewhere footage of me attempting to play uh a a rapper named patty cakes so that is something that i have done that is something that is in the world so this was the lead Mm -hmm. of the film that you yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh Mm-hmm. Big big time did not book, but did submit. Was seen. Who knows how that'll pay off in the future? Who knows? I'm pretty sure I like went into the office. So I don't think it was a self tape. So unfortunately, I do not have the footage, but someone does. That's the most dangerous. <laughs> That's the most dangerous. <laughs> That's the scariest thing to know. Is it's it's just out there. Someone has it on a hard drive. So you know that's my credential this week. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney, how about you? I mean, we know a little bit about why you were drawn to this topic, but do you have a Patty credential? Right. Um, I do. So I, once upon a time, watched every episode of the TV show Medium starring Patricia <laughs> Arquette. Uh, so I think that's a good one. I also, I, and I think even more so, many years ago, I created a drag character that I performed very briefly, mm. and her name was Debbie Patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, since I have experience being somebody named Patty, I mm-hmm, think that, mm-hmm. I think that's a big qualification. Was Debbie Patty the queen who did the single ladies dance? Yes, with puppets as mm-hmm. the backup dancers. Yes, yes, it is. Somewhere on a hard drive, I have footage of that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ha- I, I have no idea where, but I will try to uncover it. Because I remember... All of the hard drives are like a standoff. You know, we all... <laughs> if we just all do like nuclear cold war against each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was delightful. I loved it. Now, did you spell Patty with an I or a Y? With an I. Mm-hmm. And But Debbie was also... Because it was D-E... B-B-I-P-A-T-T-I. And I thought that was so clever. But this was kind of really, I I think we maybe had Facebook, but this was really like MySpace. So there wasn't a lot of this stuff going online like there is now. Uh, But I realized that nobody ever saw how it was spelled. And I thought I was so (laughs) clever, but nobody nobody ever saw the spelling. You know, it's just like, welcome to the stage, Debbie Patty. And Uh. nobody knows. I love that. Nice. The clever spelling. Uh, wow. Yeah, I tried to do some research to find what's more common, Y or I. I didn't find conclusive evidence. Uh, we can talk about that as we go along, which ones are I's and which ones are Y's and maybe how, how that contributes. Aunt Patty, I believe, is a Y. She also goes by Patsy. And when I sent her any mail, I 
I send it to Patricia because I'm just never sure. Mm. Wow. 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 Um, also, listeners, if you're if you're playing along at home, this is the second episode this summer where the medium has come up. Three more and you get a bingo. So the second one this summer. But I think there's been more. Over oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not the first, but we're 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 hitting two for the summer. So three more and you get a bingo card. She's <laughs> she's always been the lead Arquette, Patricia, mm-hmm. but she's she's kind of just pulling away in a way that's almost unfair. Wow. Wow. Well, obviously, we've got a lot of expertise between us about this topic. So I think it's time to play our first game. I think it's <gasps> time to play a game called Name That Patty. Rodney, we're going to play some audio for you. You're just going to name that patty. It's not too complicated. These are all types of different audio, uh, ranging from transcendent to to outright offensive, but they're all (laughs) created by people (laughs) named Patty. Okay. Patty Loveless. Yes! Country queen, Patty Loveless, who I saw do one of the most insane performances. Folks, if you have not YouTubed all of George Jones' funeral, that's very much on you. But particularly the part where Patty Loveless and Vince Gill sing together, because Vince Gill does a five-minute intro to the song, talking about how the only thing... Or like the main thing he learned from George Jones is professionalism in the face of whatever's going on in your life, whatever tragedy, anything that's happening. He starts the song, Go Rest High on That Mountain, completely crumples, cannot sing. Patty Loveless is his duet partner. And she looks at him like her eyes are like, this is insane. You've just abandoned me in this performance. (laughs) She has to sing a duet by herself. And that's the power of Patty. Wow. Wow. That's a good power. That's a good power. All right, Rodney, you're one for one. Let's see if you keep the hits coming. Patty LaBelle. Yes. Yes. One of the best mass singers. Yes. I also, before we move on, I have watched, I own the Patty in the kitchen with Patty, Patty LaBelle <gasps> cooking DVD. Oh my gosh. Wow. It is great. She, What's the best uh, recipe you got from that? I'm trying to remember. It's been a few years since I made something from it, but she, there was a chicken recipe that I made a couple of times. I would have to watch mm-hmm. it again, uh, mm-hmm. but just great chicken. And when you ordered it, it came with like in the kitchen with Patty sauce. And th- <gasps> there was, it did come with marmalade, a jar of marmalade. Okay. So that's that's incredible. You know, she also had an iconic Watch What Happens Live performance where she said that her cooking is a 10 out of 10 and her singing is an 11 out of 10. (laughs) (gasps) Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We love the confidence. It's true. Can you name that Patty? Patty Page. No, good, good use ah, of the era. Patty Duke was my backup. That is Patty Duke. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. We went hard. We didn't just use the Patty Duke theme song, which is iconic, but. Well, I uh, like Patty Page usually sings with herself. 
you know, like they, you know, she did the like doubling herself. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so like, that was, I don't know, it's confusing. I could, I don't know. It was a hard one. Throwing it, was hard, it was a hard one. But you know what? I, we're going to give you half a point. So okay. you're, you're, you're two and a half or three. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Oops. you. And I feel like you're going to come back with number four. Okay. What you going to do about it? So she shoots it with the laser. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Or how about the time when the guy grabs her arm and she. <laughs> Patty Mayo. Love yes. her. Mm-hmm. This is such mm-hmm. a sweet scene. I was like, wow, this is very romantic. <laughs> From Doug. The Patty and Doug stuff is lovely. I was rewatching some Doug this summer. It's been fun. Is there a it's Doug sweet. reboot? I Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. All right. We got one final Patty for you. Okay. Let's see if you can name that Patty. Move out. I Move out. Move out. Move out. All right. Move out. So yeah. now string him along. Make, disappear and watch him go mashugana crazy. So he's rich. He's old. He can, you know, he's got the sperm to go. Okay. But here's what you need to do. You need to tell him by August 1st, if he doesn't put a ring on it and take it to the... <laughs> what do you think? Uh, it's Patty Sanger. Yes. Who's oddly not on... She's not at the top of my Patty list. No. But... No, no, no. But no, no, no. She, she is a Patty and... She, you know, that's her. She gets to yeah, have the name. She's she's not not a Patty. She's just she's using the forces for evil. Mm. Yes. What Patty category would I put her in? You know, I don't know. She's uh, she's more of the like uh, you know the Patricia Richardson from Home Improvement Patty, but you know with like shorter skirts. Wow! 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 You know, she's harnessing the diva ness of being a Patty, but just in mm-hmm. all the wrong ways. Mm. Right. She is apparently 60, so she does look amazing. Wow. That's a pat that's a common patty trait is to yeah. l- look great all all your life, Patty. Yep. Oh, yep. Well, good for you, Patty Stanger, being 60 and all that. Otherwise, really. Patty girl. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is her show still on? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. She kind of got into a fight with Andy Cohen and then like slowly faded into the yeah, distance. Yeah, I feel like she had a show on like another network and I, mm-hmm. I'm sure she's always going to bounce around and be in the pop culture zeitgeist, but... Maybe yeah. she'll be a guest on Celebrity Match Game. Wouldn't Ooh, that be fun? Wow. Now that's interesting she'd have to let go of the reins a little bit. But mm-hmm. that could be, that could be a re- rebirth for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She comes back a little calmer, a little chiller, a little less strident. Could work. Uh well, Rodney, I think you crushed wow. it. You absolutely Amazing know your, you absolutely know your patties. Uh, we are gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna stuff my face with a peppermint patty, and we'll be right back. <laughs> are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. All right. Well, I had more peppermint patties than I should admit on air, and we are <laughs> back and ready to rock and roll. Caitlin, you have a jarring thesis it's controversial and i'm just thankful to have the space to say Mm -hmm. it you know no one has to agree with me that's not what this is about it's the uh, you know i have put some thought into this um so famously we are all uh, core members of the we stand virtual book club and we read patty lapone's memoir which is called patty lapone a memoir over Mm -hmm. last summer i believe um Mm -hmm. A really enjoyable book. And I am a Patti Lapone fan. I want to say that at the outset. However, one of the biggest controversies that happens uh, to her in life and in the book is she is passed over uh, for the role of Norma Desmond in the musical Sunset Boulevard on Broadway. She originates the role in the West End. Is perhaps promised that she will go on on Broadway. Uh, She's reported placed ultimately by Glenn Close, a famous movie star, uh, who ha- hadn't done as as much musical theater, as much Broadway. Patty is still very upset about this. Uh, she broke off a relationship with longtime collaborator Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh, she did get a settlement because she was owed the role, so she has a pool in her house called the Andrew Lloyd Webber Memorial Pool, all of which is very funny and uh, it, you know, when you hear Broadway star replaced by movie star, at least my knee jerk reaction is I'm with the Broadway star. But I got to say, in this case, I think Andrew Lloyd Webber made the right call. I think Patty is wrong. And let me take you through the timeline. I'm going to the book, folks. So in in this is around 1993 that this is all happening. Uh, she was promised the role, but immediate she did the workshop. She did the work in the workshop. So. There's immediately rumors, though, that something's awry. From the book, Patty Lapone, a memoir, page 208. Despite Andrew Lloyd Webber's assurances that the role was mine, as soon as I got back to L.A., the rumors started to fly. Who would play Norma Desmond, Meryl Streep, or me? I was befuddled because nobody was claiming responsibility for releasing this information, and Andrew's company, Really Useful Group, was not denying it. Dot, dot, dot. The media got ugly. Meryl makes the song and dance of losing, the headline said. Streep throat washes out. According to the papers, Meryl was furious because Andrew had told her that her singing was not good enough for her to play Norma. And as a result, she'd been held up to public ridicule. Okay. Um, so did she need to include that part about Meryl maybe not being a good enough singer? No, she did not. But I love her for that. Don't get me wrong. I love her for that. But truly... It's hard, I think, as someone who is still making their way in this business to read this, because really all she's grappling with is something that we as performers, writers, directors deal with all the time, which is uncertainty. Do we have this job? Do we not? We're being yanked around. It's not that big of a deal. It's just happening on a bigger stage for her. 
And it's just, I am sympathetic because I don't get me wrong. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber was a bad actor in this. I think he intentionally did incorrect things, such as having Barbara Streisand for apparently no reason record two of the songs just for her own album. Like you don't do that. That is so messed up. Uh, but I think her reaction to it is outsized, honestly. And then ultimately, I think she took issue with uh, not. Meryl Streep, but eventually, Meryl Streep has never been a part of any Sunset Boulevard musical. Uh, but I think she kind of took issue with the fact that it ended up being Glenn Close. Because it's one thing to lose a role to Meryl Streep. That is just one thing. And Glenn Close, who we all know is, you know, as good. It's just different. The, the brand name is different. And I think that bothers her tremendously. Andrew Lloyd Webber, this is from page 214. Andrew Lloyd Webber just announced that Glenn Close will play Norma Desmond in Los Angeles. I was stunned. Before I started rehearsal in London, Andrew Lloyd Webber had called a worldwide press conference to announce Glenn Close as the LA Norma 10 months in the future. My agent had been right to ask if I was sitting down. I was blind with rage. Don't get me wrong. It is messed up to start an LA production and cast anyone but there's something about it being Glenn Close, I think, that chaps her ass, particularly. And I think if we look at the larger context of what's going on in Patty's life, it makes sense. Life Goes On is ending, which is uh, a series that she had a complicated relationship with. But I think she always thought, when it's done, then I will really move on. And this is like the first stumbling block that it's like, maybe it's just not that easy. Uh, and to this point in her career, everything had been truly tremendously easy. <laughs> She just walked into huge role after huge role. Not to say that she's not talented enough for that, but that doesn't happen all the time. So let me then take you to why I personally think that artistically it was the correct decision to have Glenn Close play this role. So <laughs> Frank Rich rudely <laughs> called Patti Lapone miscast and unmoving. Ouch. Uh, ouch. Mm -hmm. Unmoving is really rough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then critic Robert Osborne said, Lapone should take the sunset off ramp. <laughs> she is a distinctly negative hurdle if the show is to go further. Lapone never seems to have a clue as to how a great star would be. <laughs> <laughs> As Norma Desmond, she has no mystique, no elegance. She often runs up and down the stairs like Irene Ryan in the Beverly Hillbillies. Glenn Close is a cinch to be an infinitely better Desmond. For one thing, she already possesses the imperious air that suits the role extremely well. She wasn't opening for nearly a year and she was already getting better reviews than I was. That's rough. And maybe we can uh, speak of our icons in more generous terms regardless of their performance but this is the thing i don't think it's well suited for her i when i listen to that original cast recording from the west end i don't think she is very comfortable with the fact that joe gillis is the character that the audience relates to it is not her character and in fact we see her character through joe gillis i think that bugs her what evidence do i have none i just don't think that <laughs> works very well and this is the harshest thing i will say is singing is not acting you can't just do musically the best performance of the song and feel like that inherently portrays the emotions of a character 
That's why she's not always the best choice. Like the best singer's not always the best choice for the be- the role. And I don't think she likes the show, as she basically says in the book. In which case, I think, and I think Glenn Close loves the show. So she's going to get more out of it. And this sucks because, in general, I want to see people that are Broadway stars get musical roles and not movie stars. But in this case, I just, I feel like Glenn Close understood the material. It's The, the show is about a movie star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think we see Patty shine in things where she ta- when she's fantine. She's basically talking directly to the audience when she's Joanne in company. She's basically talking directly on Gypsy Rose Lee. Like these are, or, uh, you know, Mama Rose in Gypsy. Um, these are things that are more direct connections. And I think she works better in that. Whereas Glenn Close, I think, would struggle in those types of things. Um, so I think this whole thing created a Sunset Boulevard moment for Patty <laughs> in her life. Wow. Like a little desperate, mm. a little like, you know, still talking about it. And again, I don't want to say that Andrew Lloyd Webber wasn't shady. He was wrong from a business and friendship perspective, mm-hmm. but ultimately I think made the correct creative decision, maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe just because she was a movie star and, and for no other reason. But I do think it landed on the right choice. However, now we have my girl Glenn Close, I think, also stuck in a little bit of a sunset moment because she reprised a role on Broadway at 70. The show is about a woman who's very specifically 50, being obsessed with being 20. So then you have Mm -hmm. a woman who is 70 playing a woman 50, obsessed with being 20. And then now it's, it's, I don't know what's happened with this project, but it was announced there was going to be a movie musical starring Glenn Close in what is obviously an attempt to finally get her Oscar as what now a 73 year old. I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling. And I always root for Glenn Close. And if she makes this movie, I will of course have to use my AMC a list to go see it. I will have to root for her at the Oscars. It's just part of who I am, but I don't, I'm not for it. And to be honest, the only person that can play this role is JLo. She's the only person <laughs> we'll have someone dub the, the vocals, but acting wise, she's right. Because she is it. She is it. She can't handle being 50. She wants to be 20. Her face is pulling it off. But here's why you're both right and wrong. Like, JLo is on paper perfect. But for the very reasons that you are saying Patty didn't crush it, JLo won't crush it. Because JLo, as we saw with Hustlers, she can't let herself be ugly. Right. She always wants her characters to be likable and redeemable. And like as an actor, yeah, of course, you want to find what you can like your way in. But like she as a producer gets in the way too much. I don't think she would. She would have the only way J-Lo could. I think she's capable of it. But the only way she's going to get that performance out of herself is if she has no producing credits on this film. I agree. She has to give up. She has to show up and just be a performer. And I don't know if she's ever going to do that again. And you bring up a good point because. Again, I think it's like, I think it's frustrating for Patty for like the Joe Gillis role to be the mm-hmm. one that gets to talk to the audience. And similar in Hustlers, I think that was not, some, I think J-Lo uh, chafed up against the fact that it's Constance Wu and then wildly Julia Stiles mm-hmm. who are telling this story. <laughs> I, I think that was incongruous. So I do retract it in that way. But of course, I, I actually personally think J-Lo should produce an act, but I think actually completely independent projects 
mm-hmm. forever. It's- I'm with you, but yeah, there. But I, I just, it's going to take a lot to get her to a place where she will take her name uh, uh, as executive producer off it. Absolutely, that's true. Now, I would like to also say someone else that could play a role in this, and and oddly, it is me. It the only musical role I could ever play, and I would work my ass off to do it, is. The female scriptwriter who's in the ensemble. Now, I'm not talking about Betty Schaefer, his love interest. I'm talking about there's a woman who has like five lines. They're all jokes about being a writer and hating your life. And I just feel like I would work really hard to do that if anyone wants to give me the opportunity. Wow. Wow. Um, That's absolutely iconic. I do want to just suggest that there is someone who is on the verge of, of being no longer right for the role, but who I think if we can get this film made in the next year or two, the next Norma Desmond, the Norma Desmond of cinema should be Vanessa Williams. Wow. Oh, yeah. And she wouldn't struggle with this. She does not want to talk to an audience. She's similarly no. close. She, she would prefer not to see an audience. She showed us that she could pull this off with her turn as William and Slater on Ugly Betty. Right. And Kiss of a Spider Woman on Broadway as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I, she's got the vocals. And she can easily go up and down stairs. I feel like Vanessa Williams easily. is good at stairs. That mm-hmm. will be no barrier. Yeah, she was a model. She can do it. She was a pageant woman. She can do it. She can do the stairs. I sort of want to see a Sunset Boulevard rewritten where the details of <laughs> Vanessa's life, like the whole Miss USA thing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a lot of things along the way. I'm curious about that. Now she is almost sixty, so in, in fairness, the role, do, the age does need to go up for a modern telling because fifty sure. doesn't. I mean, Jennifer Aniston's fifty; it just it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't mean, mean fifty anymore. But but I think I think that's where that's the horse I want to put in this race. No issue with that at all. Okay. I like yeah. it, but I, you know, I think this was controversial. I, and again, mm-hmm. I love Patty, but it just. So I, I definitely agree with you that, that Patty was, this was not her best role. And, you know, I do wish from, because I've read the book, her book twice, Patty Lapona Memoir. And I wish that she would just sort of say, sometimes things don't work out for a reason, you right. know, and just say like, I, because I didn't do that, I got to do this other thing. And now like, this is Glenn's, you know, she got to do right. 10 productions of Gypsy. Because Glenn was over there doing Sunset Boulevard, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And and I she doesn't like the show. So it, it's weird to be like, I'm really angry and upset about this not being in the show that I don't think is good. And then it comes off as like, well, do you really not think it's good or you just weren't included? But either way, it it's it's you know, you just again, yeah. it's like she doesn't relate to a normal actor's life because she's just hit it out of the ballpark, like from age nineteen moving forward and she thinks she's put upon because she's not Meryl Streep but it's you're really not (laughs) right and and this actually like the whole thing Glenn Close but no cigar didn't make it to Broadway it's kind of like given her a legendary story in the Broadway Mm -hmm. the history of Broadway you know like every little budding musical theater lover the first time they encounter Sunset Boulevard one of the first things you find on the internet is you know how Patty you know, was unjustly removed from the role. You know, she's she's legendary because of it. Yeah. And if she would say less, you would, I would just assume that was true. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except that I've listened to both. But, um, <laughs> but then it would just be my own weird opinion. But the fact that she goes on so much, it's just, 
it's also interesting that I mean Glenn Close is like so beloved at this particular cultural moment. I I, I would hope she'd I, I want to see her use it for something else, I feel. I don't know. People love her as the person that keeps losing Oscars. <laughs> she's becoming a little Susan Lucci-ish and she's being like fun about it and not complaining. I mean, that was so funny when Olivia Coleman won the Oscar. She said, I always wanted to meet you and not like this. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the Sunset Boulevard movie gets made with Glenn Close, it's up for a nomination. Somehow, Patti Lapone gets an Oscar mm-hmm. nom for a yeah. different movie. Like, that yes. would be the race to watch. I-, I would watch the Oscars yeah. again. That would be the race to watch. I'm going to say this. You know, Glenn, Glenn's been working a long time. Why not? You know, if I'm Glenn Close and I've been that successful and I have a role that I love. It's true. Why not? It's you true. Know? It's true. And again, I will see it. <laughs> yeah. No harm, no foul. Like, I don't know. If I ever, God willing, I have, I even have a fraction of her success. I would love to just be empowered to do my own project you know it's totally totally it's it just feels, funny because it deals with age so like, oh, like it's different than 100%. like carol channing doing hello dolly well into her thousands like mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. that even though that's not the age of that character it doesn't matter yeah. like yeah it just sort of feels like um you know you're when the senior when you're a senior and they pick the musical for you and they're like yeah you're graduating soon let's just let him have this one yeah you know yeah yeah let's just let glenn have it absolutely I don't know. i'm into it but I never need to see Patty Lapone play this role again. That that's what I'll say. And I've never seen it. I've never seen it once, and I don't need to see all it. of humankind like agrees pretty much. Certainly, Patty does. I have no interest. But Patty Lapone has kind of taken the role of Joanne in Company and kind mm-hmm. of like commandeered that from Elaine Stritch because not only did she sing at that that PBS concert where she sings "Ladies Who Lunch" while Elaine mm-hmm. Stritch is on the stage. I mean, yeah, that's that ballsy. Rough. That's rough. What a bulldozer. But then now she's played it multiple times and she's way too old to play Joanne. I mean, she looks fine and sounds fine, but Joanne is not supposed to be 75 or whatever Patty is. Listen, the I think Patty's best role, the role she was born to play, the role I saw her and I would see again is in Sweeney Todd, Mrs. Lovitz. That's her role. You're Mrs. Lovitz. We love it. We want to see it a hundred more times. Keep playing Mrs. And, Lovitz. Patty. You know, Frank's mom. From 30 Rock. <laughs> and Frank's mom. Yeah. Those are, and in, in Instagram videos in your basement. Like, this is oh, where you shine. That is number one. No one can take that role away from no her. No one can take the role of her in her basement away from her. Well, thank you guys for following me on my unhinged mm-hmm. journey. I yeah. myself am ready for my close-up after all of that. Wow, wow, wow. So, Lauren, I think you've prepared a game, though. I did. Um, you know, here at We Stand, we, we're obsessed with the Kennedy Center Honors. Uh, as everyone knows, Caitlin and I are vying to get hired to be the creative producers of the Kennedy Center Honors. And I couldn't do an episode about Patty's and not present to you the Kennedy Center Honors for Patty Smith. Uh, Rodney, I know you're a Patty Smith fan. Mm-hmm. And so... What I what I've done is I've picked three of her better known songs and I'm going to play a little portion of them all just to orient the listeners and to remind us all what the vibe is. And of these three songs, one of them has to be the opening number. 
One of them has to be the 11 o'clock number. One of them has to be the closer. And you have to decide which is going to go where in the set list and who's going to sing it at Patty Smith's Kennedy Center Honor. So we're going to kick things off with a little bit of a song I love, and that's Gloria. We're going to get a little taste of Gloria. All right, so that's Gloria. Where does it go in the lineup? Is it the opener? Is it the 11 o'clock number, the closer, and who's going to sing it? Uh, it's the closer and Miley Cyrus. <gasps> wow. wow. Rodney didn't come to play. Wow. Okay. Damn. I think people okay. would. I think I think everyone would love it. I think Patti Smith would love it. I think yeah. it would bring the house down. Wow. That I hadn't even gone there, and now I only ever want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Iconic. Oh, wait. Incidentally, though, Debbie Patty mm-hmm. once performed that <laughs> in one of her drag shows. Okay. People were very confused. You can see why it was a short-lived character, because she did weird mm-hmm. stuff like that. <laughs> before her time. Before her time. Before her time. All right. This next one, one of Patty's most popular, if not her most popular. Uh, here's a little bit of Because the Night. Where does this song go? Who's going to sing it? Uh, so it's going to be the opening. Okay. And okay. it's going to open the set. And, I, you know, I've been thinking about Patty's a lot this week. So I'm going to go with Bruce Springsteen and his wife, Patty Scalfa, <gasps> to sing this Whoa. as the opening. Nice. Nice. Wow. 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 That way we bring in extra Patty's. We had (laughs) such different visions, but yours is really speaking to me. Wow. What was your Um, vision? All right. I was thinking this was the closer. Oh. And I was actually thinking that the closer, I don't know. I kind of went back and forth. Pat Benatar at one second, Mm. at one point with someone I was floating. Patty. Another Pat. Um, I also was thinking it could be fun. I was trying to think, I was actually a little stumped on it because I thought it would be the closer. And now, now that you've said Miley, I can't get my head out of Miley has to be the closer because it does just feel like a passing of the torch moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to think of someone that's like coming up that is sort of like, 
Uh, and I hadn't quite arrived there yet. Mm-hmm. But this opening it, you're right. We have to, why not? Why not open Well, as it? we learned from, you know, Escape, opening with mm-hmm. just kicking it, you have to, you know, you have to get there yeah. with mm-hmm. with the biggest hit, you know, when you're kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You right. absolutely do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. As we learned from Escape is a phrase that will be burned in my brain. <laughs> We've learned so much from Escape. All right. And the final one is Dancing Barefoot. So I guess we know where it's going to be in the lineup. Yes. Yes. This is hard for me. You know, I have a playlist that has all Mm -hmm. of my favorite songs in the entire world that I could listen to anytime. And if I'm just, Mm -hmm. you know, got the doldrums, that's what I, that's what I play. And this is the Patti Smith song that's on that playlist. Ooh, okay. It's so her to me. So we've got, we've got Miley closing. At the end. We've got Bruce Mm -hmm. and other Patti opening. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I've got it. Okay. Arcade Fire. What's yours? Arcade Fire. <gasps> oh, I like that. That this is, is really so good. good. This is a really good That's lineup. really good. I had a very different vision for this mm-hmm. song. So there, there's a... I, in, in research in the Kennedy Center, you know, Beyonce has performed so many times, <laughs> right? She's been there so many yeah. times. I thought, if what a fun opportunity if Solange comes out and does this number. Yeah. And Solange gets to have a moment. And then at the very end, when you're like, wow, then Beyonce comes out and they finish it together as a duet. Oh, wow. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a huge Solange fan. And I, yeah, Beyonce is such a, such a pillar of the Kennedy Center honors. And I'm like, let's get Solange in there. Let's get her in there. That's really fun. You know who I think will be involved, and I'm putting this out in a value-neutral way, uh, Mm -hmm. despite being a super stan, is the chicks. Oh, yeah. They'll be there. I thought of them a couple times during the game. Yeah. Like, you just... Like, I'm not even... I don't know enough about Patty Smith to say if that's appropriate, but I know that they will do whatever they can to be involved. (laughs) Especially Natalie Maines. She will work her way on that stage. You know, and I thought of her for... um, Because the night, but as I was listening Mm -hmm. to it... I, I just, uh, you know, she's got, I love yeah, no. Natalie Maines, but it, I'm just like, it's not quite right. Not quite no, right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Glenn you. Glenn Close, but no cigar. I, I agree with you totally, but I, it just will happen. So yeah, just everyone needs to prepare themselves. Maybe they can That's sing Pissing in the River. <gasps> Ooh, that'd be a good one. That would be a good one. You know who else is probably on the short list for this one would be Rufus Wainwright. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I could see him yeah. being there, right? Yeah, yeah I agree. It's kind of crazy. I was when I when I was looking at different Kennedy Center honors like uh, write ups. She's been on the short list for so long. Like Patty Smith is always on the list of like, here's who we're thinking's gonna get it next year. So it's kind of crazy and kooky that she hasn't yet. It yeah. is, but it was also crazy to me when like Lin Manuel Miranda was giving a Kennedy Center honor to Dick Van Dyke. It's like, wait, how did this happen? It's true. Oh yeah, they let yeah. it roll for Dick. They let it roll for Dick Van Dyke a long time. Yeah. They, I mean, he yeah. could have not gotten it easily. Um, that was 
we got dangerously close to Dick Van Dyke not getting one. And that's just not yeah. a, um, that's not a world I want to live in. Patty Smith is part of the legendary uh, 1946 birth year, along with Cher, Dolly Parton and my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and and two out of three of them have already gotten the Kennedy Center. So I think Patty <laughs> should additionally. Well, if your dad gets it before Patty, then I, I'll be very excited for Joe, but I will be confused. It will be confusing. Yeah. Not to say it's unearned, just a surprise. You know, and he is two years younger than a Patty, always mm-hmm. being influenced by a Patty. So this that will be a win for Patties, mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what. But yeah. I, I do tend to think Patty Smith deserves the Kennedy Center honors a little, slightly more mm-hmm. than my father, but not slightly. I just want them to keep Jewel away from the Patty Smith <laughs> Kennedy Center honors because she's going to try to show up. And I want somebody to say, no, Jewel, you're, you don't get no. to come. Do you, do you say this because you don't like Jewel or she feel that like she is inappropriate for the event? I, I, okay. So Jewel is so phony to me, like oh. maybe not used to, but to me, when I see her, like, what, what was that show she had on Bravo where she was the songwriter? Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the best shows of all time. I know, but like, she seemed so full of herself and phony to me on that show. And like the last couple of wow. times I've seen her, this, this is just my hot take on Jewel. And to me, Patty Smith is like the epitome of not phony. Correct. Sure. And so I will give you I will give you the jewels gotten a little lost in the industry. But I think that when I look at Jewel, I just feel sad about sexism and misogyny because I feel like she just got like eaten up and spat out by the industry. But there's so much talent in that little, little body. Interesting. She just that's what I think. I don't know. It does feel like her career could have gone a totally different way. Mm-hmm. It feels like mismanagement or something or like not. I don't know. Something went went awry because her first album is still one of my favorites. I will play pieces of you constantly on repeat all day, every day. Oh, parts of spirit make me actually openly weep. But Part, yes, but agreed. I agree. There's something I don't disagree totally, Rodney, because it's like that yeah. there's something you're not connecting with. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it's like. Her true aura you're not connecting with or a way she's being packaged that you're not connecting. But it's, it's, mm. it's not Something fully there. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But that show, I forget what it was called, the songwriting show. I still listen to songs that came off that show. It was a fire show and I can't believe it only lasted one season. Yeah, it should have had more seasons. What was that show called? Hit, I think it was called like... Because hit single was Lisa Loeb's VH1 show. What was... Um, <sighs> I gotta look it up. Um... Because it was Kara DeGuardi was the other host, right? Yeah. Yeah. Platinum Hit. Platinum Hit. Right. It was called Platinum Hit. And it was on in the summer of 2011. And I was home in Oklahoma um, staying with my parents when it was airing. And I made my mom watch it with me every week. And I loved it. And I have songs on my playlist still from it. The the genre of songwriting reality television show there there have been a lot of shots on goal but not not a lot of baskets because they had candy had one mm-hmm. candy had the candy factory there was mission man band which was taking boy banders turning them into um, a new it just it it's been a hard genre to make work. Yeah, NBC's had some success with like Songland or whatever it's called. It was it's made it like two or three seasons, uh, but it only airs in the summer. Yeah, it, it, it's something. It's an idea people keep keep trying to crack that nut, but it doesn't yeah. totally work out. It works for me though. I found a lot of songs to love from these shows, so like I say, keep making them. 
I have no issue with them at all, but yeah, but they haven't broken through. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna call Jewel and ask her what her deal is. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be right back, hopefully with an insider's guide to why she seems so phony. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stan Stans. Unfortunately, the number I have for Jewel, it turns out, is not a correct number. That's weird that the internet lied to me. Um, but, I, but rest assured, I will continue to hunt her down. Uh, but in the meantime, I have a thesis today that I surprised myself with. <laughs> you know, I really, truly, 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 truly did not know what my thesis was going to be. In fact, Caitlin can tell you, I was texting her yesterday going, what is? <laughs> what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and in thinking about famous patties, I came to this thesis that Peppermint Patty from Peanuts is a gender nonconforming icon who has deserved more than she has gotten. So I was never the biggest Peanuts fan growing up, but we all sort of listen. You can't really be a child of the eighties and nineties and have and and you know even I guess. Our parents, too. Like, the Peanuts gang has been around since, like, the 50s or 60s, right? Like, they've been a part of yeah. American culture for so long. So it was hard to not have them seep into your consciousness, even if you weren't seeking them out. And so I've always been aware of the Peanuts gang. I've watched the holiday specials. And I always thought Patty was a pretty cool character. And I realized I didn't really know a ton about Patty. So I did a deep dive uh, over the last couple of days learning about her and have found a bunch of different like think pieces and articles from different people talking about how various Peanuts characters help teach people about queer identity and how um, there was all these little um, little moments throughout the years that like indicated that these characters were maybe not as heteronormative as you might expect from a cartoon strip. And, you know, their creator, Charles M. Schulz, has, you know, denied that Patty, Peppermint Patty is a lesbian or um, gender nonconforming. Uh, but I thought this was really interesting. I came across like a Reddit board that was discussing this and someone was saying, you know, it's not canon that Peppermint Patty is is a lesbian or non-binary. But what Charles always said in interviews was that he based his characters off of real people, that each of his characters was based on someone he really knew. And there's this Reddit board saying he probably didn't realize that the person he was basing this character on was, in fact, someone who fell somewhere on the queer spectrum that because of you know the time period he grew up in that he was probably very acutely observing behaviors and things about this person's identity but that the person was probably not feeling safe or able to live their most true organic selves and so i was reading a couple of different articles that were sort of saying like how can we understand these characters in a modern lens and what can we take away from them? And there were just some like really cool things. There was one article that was um, called what peanuts taught me about queer identity, the comic strips lessons about unrequited love and self-acceptance by a writer named Jennifer Finney Boylan. And she had a couple of interesting quotes that really spoke to me. She said, Unlike the girls at Charlie Brown school who wear dresses, Peppermint Patty wears shirts and pants or shorts. And she's an athlete. Virtually every time she plays Charlie Brown's team in baseball, she wins. 
She goes on to say she is, other than Pigpen and maybe Snoopy, the most consistently optimistic member of the cast. And then this was the last part that I wanted to share before I offer you all what I want to do with this discovery. Um, Marcy, who was Patty's like best friend, often called Patty Sir, which might be an honorific or it might be something else. My guess is that Marcy, who looks through glasses that make her actual eyes invisible, sees something in Peppermint Patty that no one else can see. There's a Family Guy episode in which Peter, the dad, visits his friend, the grown-up Peppermint Patty, and remarks, Gosh, Patty, the years have been great to you. Patty replies, Well, I owe that to my better half. Then Marcy walks in, asks, Who is it, sir? And plants a kiss on Patty's cheek. I love that. I had no idea that that happened on that show. I, I And I love this idea. And I sort of fell down this rabbit hole of various people basically describing Peppermint Patty and Marcy as like their ring of keys moment as kids, as the sort of like low key um, icon. And what I feel very strongly about is that we should revisit the Peanuts gang, but let's put Peppermint Patty and Marcy front and center and explore these characters through a, a modern lens. Like I know that the play Dog Sees God has already sort of revisited the Peanuts world, but and while there were definitely queer themes explored in that play, it wasn't, you know, Peppermint Patty was super femme. And I'm so more, so much more interested in this much more masculine take on Peppermint Patty. And so I want to see, I want to see a show called Peppermint Patty. I want to see a mm-hmm. show through her lens where she's the star. She's the number one on the call sheet, except I'd be so much more interested in it if we fully embrace the idea that she's non-binary so that they can be, you know, you know, that these breadcrumbs readers and stands have like seen throughout the years get really explored fully. That's something that I think would be really cool to see Peppermint Patty as a they. And I'm curious, what do you think about a world that is centered around Peppermint Patty? And do y'all have any ideas about who could play them? Or what this world might look like. And do we follow them in their youth? Or do we do the family guy take and catch up with Peppermint Patty later in life? I'm curious. Are you imagining live action or cartoon? I want to see it live action, I think. But maybe cartoon. I was thinking live action. But then again, Daria is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. So maybe, maybe it is still a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I could see either one. I just got really amped about this. <laughs> I think I'd like to see them be kids still. Mm -hmm. I think that's the Peanuts universe. And I think that the anxiety they feel about, that all the characters feel Mm -hmm. about lack of control, I think is central to the themes of Peanuts. But I think that that can only help explore what you're suggesting. And I think we need more queer kids stuff. Totally. Particularly. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see them move away from being kids. That and I I would say this and I don't you guys can tell me if I'm dead wrong. I think it's interesting to explore the idea of being queer and gender at an age before dating and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like but is that is does that age exist? Of course, could could be a question pondered. But but obviously, seven year olds aren't aren't like going on dates and stuff. So 
So what is it? I, I'd be interested to explore that identity, what right. that means, what that feels like. It's something outside my own experience, absolutely. But I'd like to see that. And I think it could be very um, fulfilling to see that represented on screen for a lot of different kids. But I will defer to you guys. I don't know that much about that. Well, I could see, you know, like, uh, what's the show? Oh, uh, you know, Fuller House style. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, you okay. know, where where the Peanuts, it's live action and the Peanuts characters <laughs> yeah. are adults and maybe they're like a, a grandparent so that they've got like a grand, the grandkids are the Peanuts oh. kids ages, but they're kind of an analog for what that character used to be. So maybe Patty oh. Lapone is grown up Grandma Peppermint Wait. Patty <laughs> and with and, and, and lear, like learning or from or Glenn Close <laughs> and learning from you know, a non-binary grandchild. I I actually love that. (laughs) It's such a fun mashup of everything we've been talking about. (laughs) And, and, Uh, and Patty Smith works at a coffee shop nearby. mm -hmm. She's just singing punk folk tributes to their life. And the only thing on the menu is brown toast and olive oil. (laughs) Oh my God. It's all coming together. This is a world I could live in forever. But I do like that idea of like, we get to see the Peanuts characters as adults, but but their younger selves, whether it's their children or their grandchildren or whatever, are are really the focus of it. Right. That's and they're, they're takes on the old versions that may be yeah. freeing of of the old conceptions. But yeah. And that kind of is an interesting framework because it it allows an entry point for the generations that like and how the world has changed. I think that's a really interesting way of like delving into some of these things that Charles M. Schulz did not intend, but were interpreted by people. Uh, it's interesting to hear that he specifically refuted that they were lesbians, but I, I know that he was incredibly like open-minded and mm-hmm. he, he passed away in 2000. So it's, it's yeah. hard to say, you know, what his stated opinion would be a hun- now. A hundred percent. Well, I think the thing that I found so interesting about this, like back and forth that I found online between people was that it was never that he was, he was never offended by the accusation. He was never defensive about it. He was just like, no, there's just this like very specific person in my life. I crafted this character after. Mm-hmm. And the point was, is that yeah, like yeah. the naivete of just like, yeah. And that person probably wasn't out. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> um, was sort of like the thing. Or or maybe didn't even realize that, 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 that was an identity that was okay. You know, that was even available. You know, a hundred percent. That was sort of the discourse. And you're absolutely right, Caitlin. He's been gone for for a while now. It would be so interesting to be able to have that conversation with him now as like the collective understanding and conversation has sort of evolved would be really, really interesting. You know, the problem with the live action is what are we doing with Snoopy? I don't want to see Snoopy Mm. as a dog, a real dog. That's Mm. just me. could be the only animated character. Yes, 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 a hybrid. I actually do love that. I actually really, really love shows where there's like, it's a mixture of the two. I think aesthetically, that's like very fun and cool. Yeah. There was like that weird Christopher Maloney show on sci fi mm-hmm. that did that, um, where he was like talking to that little dragon or whatever. Happy it was. something. <laughs> happy. It happy. was just happy. Yeah. I liked that aesthetically. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Another show I did not book. Wow. <laughs> but- it was still fun. was still fun. But I like that. If Snoopy was a cartoon and everyone else was a live action, would be honestly a dream for me. And in the go. live action reboot, mm-hmm. what character are you, Lauren Brickman? Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Um, I would love to. Well, I guess I'm 
Patty Smith's daughter and I work with her at the cafe. <laughs> this is such a huge universe. This is basically yes. Marvel. <laughs> the Peanuts universe and the Marvel universe are going to be colliding <laughs> and in competition. Um, yeah, I'm probably Patty Smith's daughter. And we, mostly because I want to do duets at the open mic night with her. I'm I'm an evil lady who has captured Woodstock and Snoopy's Ooh. always trying to free Woodstock from my clutches. <laughs> <laughs> Rodney, I feel like you would be a great... You could be Charlie Brown. I could see that. Honestly. I could see you as a grown-up Charlie Brown. I always... Uh, I, I Not Schroeder, uh, Linus. I Like, growing up, Linus was always yeah. my guy. But, but I, I think makes now, sense. if I was going to be a grown-up one of them, I mm-hmm. think Charlie Brown makes sense. Because I think Charlie Brown grew up and married Linus. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, my husband, Scotty Taylor, played Linus in a production of You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. So uh, that makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. I weirdly felt that vibe <laughs> that you and Scotty are Charlie and Linus. I don't know. That just feels right to me. Wow. Wow. What a what an ex- expiration of patties. What we is this the most chaotic episode we've done so far? It's strangely was all centered. Over. No, I think it strangely <laughs> had a spine like no other. <laughs> I Rodney, felt there- present the whole time. <laughs> like I was just been meditating. Yeah, it's a meditation on patties. Uh, Roddy, are there any patties we didn't mention that you were hoping we'd talk about today? Oh, goodness. You know, we've talked about a lot. We, had, we got Patty Arquette, Patty Clarkson. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of like singing patties. Patty Griffin. Who mm. is a favorite songwriter of The Chicks and Natalie Maines? Yes. Um, so we mm-hmm. should mention Patty Griffin. Um, at, you know, we've had Patty LaBelle. You know, I think I think we've hit all my major patties that I stand. Oh, patties. I do want to mention though that I have read every single book that Patty Smith has ever written. That's another thing. Wow. And if I said that earlier, I apologize for bringing it up again, but it's one of my proudest. Uh, items on my, you know, resume. I love that. Now, I mean, that may answer the question that I'm about to ask, but if you could only save three patties, <gasps> oh my, Lauren, you Lauren. only get to, t- you only get three patties. Which are the three patties you're going to keep? Okay, well, you know, Patty Lapone and Patty Smith. I think that's pretty well established by my mm-hmm. banter today. So one patty left on the. There's one on pa- the boat. Ah. Scotty is going to kill me, but I'm going to say <gasps> Patty Arquette. I'm going to wow. say Patty Arquette. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Those are your three patties. Caitlin, what are your three patties? <sighs> I mean, it, it, it's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm taking save them as in we can only move forward with some of these legacies like mm-hmm. if, if we mm-hmm. were to put it that way not no we're not yeah. murdering anyone in which no, case i no would one. have to say patty labelle patty lapone patty mayonnaise okay okay i personally am gonna take caitlin's aunt patty uh, <laughs> wait that's number I didn't one know if you, were- <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> i'm gonna take aunt patty i'm gonna take patty labelle and then i'm gonna take patty mayo <laughs> Okay, so Patty LaBelle is the only one getting saved. She's the only one that made it through all three and did not win Mass Singer, but she won this round of Save the Patty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Save the Patty. Well, this has been an absolute delight. The, I Thank you so much, Rodney, for pitching this uh, iconic 
theme. Uh, what a what a what a time we've had. I'm honored and delighted to have my pitch chosen. I, I for for am. more Patty news and updates. Where can our stand stands find you? <laughs> I'm on social media at all that brass. So all that jazz, but all that brass. You got all that, Braz. And you know, folks, we are at We Stand Social. We're on your Instagram. We're on your TikTok. We've got a Gmail. And if you've got a pitch for us, you too can have all that, Braz, and maybe be on an episode with us. So slide into our DMs. Let us know what you're interested in. Or if you've got ideas for guests we should try. I I have emailed Joshua Jackson's people again. Still no word, but we are trying. So listen, we have no shame. Absolutely. And if you'd like to put any of those requests in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be a great idea. We love that. We love a five-star review. Uh, Well, Stan Stans, this has been We Stand Together Explores the World According to Patty. (laughs) Bye.